Hey there, this is Zulema Bebel, co-founder of Impact Alpha. Thanks for listening. Impact Briefing is a quick snapshot of the week's stories from the leading Impact Investing Daily. There's much more to Impact Alpha, Dioflow, job postings, and a morning email brief. Podcast listeners get a year subscription for half off with the code BRIEFING50. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe. Now enjoy the show. From the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for the week of Friday, April 10th. I'm Brian Walsh. Today, Impact Alpha's Amy Cortez will discuss the story of the week. Hi, Amy. Hey, Brian. And we also have David Bank, who will profile this week's Agent of Impact. Hi, David. Hey, Brian. Great to be back. Great to have you. But first, here's what you need to know this week in Impact Investing. Startups and biotech are mobilizing COVID solutions. Testing and vaccines are obviously hot. VCs are extending capital in order to greenlight innovation. Impact Alpha's Dennis Price spoke with Seth Bannon, a venture firm 50 years VC. There's this potential silver lining, right? If we all respond to this the way the community responded to World War II, we might not only beat back COVID-19, but we might build technological foundation that benefits generations of people to come. Tech CEO Jack Dorsey announced a $1 billion pledge to COVID relief and girls' education, and he did it by tweet. Don't expect it all at once. Dorsey's shares in Square haven't been sold yet, but you can track what he's doing in a Google spreadsheet. For those keeping score, that's about 28% of his wealth. The economic crash is hitting emerging markets, even before their caseload spike. Development banks are floating big bonds. Will the capital get to where it's needed most? Small and growing businesses will need three to six months of funding. This week's bids include the African Development Bank with a $10 billion plan and the Inter-American Development Bank with a $12 billion package for Latin America and the Caribbean, including a $2 billion bond floated this week. On the Carbon Watch, the almost forgotten Keystone XL pipeline is being revived. The government of Alberta, Canada infused some cash. But what caught our eye was the involvement of financiers who have made climate pledges, like JP Morgan and BlackRock. I'm joined now by Amy Cortez, who reported on PPP, the huge paycheck protection plan that the U.S. federal government rolled out this week to rescue small businesses. The plan includes $350 billion, with another $250 billion or more likely to come. Amy, who's getting the money and how? Yeah, well, first of all, the impact on small businesses across the country has been staggering as they've seen their revenues dry up overnight. So there's a real urgency in getting money out to the small businesses that anchor their communities, especially in underserved areas. So what happened was to expedite this PPP program, the government went through existing SBA channels, which meant that it was mostly traditional banks and credit unions and the larger banks at that that are participating in this. And they just don't have the reach into the kinds of underserved communities that really need this capital and are desperately trying to survive. Among the heroes in this have been Community Development Financial Institutions, or CDFIs, that focus on these underserved communities. They were on the case from day one. So can these CDFIs fill the gap? They're a key part of getting relief to those who need it most and overcoming these gaps in who banks serve. In 2019, just 3% of small business administration loans went to African-Americans. 
CDFIs can help expand that because they're in the communities. They have to make 60% of their loans in underserved areas. But to be able to make the PPP loans, CDFIs had to be SBA lenders already, and many were not. That means that one of the strongest channels we have for reaching businesses owned by people of color, and especially African-Americans, was not included. Now, Amy, as I understand it, there's a whole network of local relief funds that have sprung up in various cities. They're making loans as well? Yes, the CDFIs and these local funds have really been the financial first responders weeks before there even was a PPP. Now they're becoming a kind of parallel system for moving this recovery capital. Chicago, Kansas City, New York, we highlighted that one last week, are backstopping local businesses with loans, grants, and other support. The money doesn't have to just come from the government, but getting capital is really a life and death issue for many of these businesses which anchor their communities. So the push is on to work all the channels to get this PPP relief out to underserved communities and businesses and to make the recovery work. All right, Amy, thank you so much for your reporting on these community development financial institutions and the crucial role that they are playing in channeling money to the small businesses that need it most. Thanks, Brian. And now it's time for this week's Agent of Impact. David, who are we featuring this week? Yeah, Brian, we've got Darren Williams. He's the CEO of Southern Bank Corp. I was just listening to Amy discuss the CDFIs, and Southern is a community development financial institution based in Little Rock, Arkansas, and they serve all of Arkansas and the Delta area across the border in Mississippi. Very small towns, very small businesses. They were fast out of the gate to uh, start making these loans under the PPP. And Darren told us that they got out there on Friday, the first day, a week ago now, and put out $16 million in that first day. They were working all through the weekend making loans to small businesses, you know, loans as little as $2,000 or $8,000 for a hair salon or a, a, an African-American, um, I think, a radio station in, in one small town. And... Um, these are the lifeline to keep those businesses afloat, um, you know, through this downturn. So what happened was actually, it's a little bit of a funny story, is he got noticed by Fox News, who came down and, you know, was looking for a story and, and pointed out that he was working through the weekend, putting out these loans, and they did their PPP story uh, all around him. That, of course, got noticed by the White House. And then he um, got invited to a video conference with President Trump. So let's uh, listen to a little bit of Darren Williams at the White House. Please consider a carve-out. For CDFIs, I would include MDIs and other small community banks because we have a proven track record of promoting economic stabilization, job preservation, job and job creation in some of the hardest hit rural, urban, and Native American communities. I actually had the good fortune to meet Darren down in um, in uh, Clarksdale, Mississippi, of, of all places, um, a few years ago, um, and they were just then pulling out and, and restructuring the financing of, of Southern after the last financial crisis, after the great financial crisis, so-called. Um, and it was so good to reconnect with Darren uh, this week and uh, hear about not only how they've been jumping out to uh, execute on the on this PPP but also um, how they've squared away uh, Southern's own financing and, and, and really turned that around into a, a real success story among these CDFIs. So um, Darren Williams is our agent of impact. Thanks, David. And thanks to Darren for all that you're doing. You can see Darren and all of our agents of impact on Instagram at Impact Alpha. That's it for your impact briefing this week. You can read more about all of these stories at impactalpha.com. Thank you for listening. 
And thanks to Amy Cortez, David Bank, and our producer, Isaac Silk, who also wrote the theme song. I'm Brian Walsh, head of impact for the fintech company Liquinet. We leave you with a bit of audio recorded in New York City, where residents cheered on the medical first responders. As always, we're all in this together.